Good morning. Welcome back to Let's Hope in the Bible. It's Russ and Gavin again. Good morning. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning. This morning we kick off the, officially kick off the Advent season. Gavin, does does uh, North Lexington Baptist, where you serve, do you guys follow the Advent, do the wreath and the candles and all that kind of stuff? How do you guys do uh, Advent or do you? Yeah, I stumble through it. I, you know, I think you and I have talked before about how sometimes I'm uh, not as well informed on the symbolism and, and the the colors that were to use at the right season. So I really do a, a lot of of looking into that. I, I I grew up in a church that did it surprisingly, uh, but I'm not very good. So we stumble through it. But it's really important, I think, to develop that anticipation to to uh, really provoke in the congregation an understanding that we should be anticipating. We should be remembering well the first Advent and anticipating the second Advent. So we do make an effort to do that. Good, good. Yeah, we. Uh... We do observe Advent. Usually what we do um, is we have somebody, um, I ask folks to read uh, a scripture pertaining to the particular topic that week and then maybe just give a word of testimony or speak to that topic, uh, which this, uh, this week will be hope. And uh, so I've already got a, a couple lined up for that. And then uh, it goes from there, and it ends. Of course, this year we have a unique privilege of celebrating Christmas on a Sunday morning. I, I presume that you guys will have church that Sunday morning, that yes, Christmas sir. morning. Yes, yes, yes. Um, do you do you find it difficult to provoke hope, um, anticipatory hope, anticipating the second advent? Do you do you feel like Maranatha is a is a foreign concept to to many churches and maybe even your own congregation? I wouldn't ask you to speak on them, but do you think that that come Lord Jesus, um, even so come is a difficult thing to provoke? Not really, because I don't know if this is a factor or not. But it seems like in the older congregation which I serve, uh, many folks are dealing with hardships of this world physically, you know, and. Uh, and emotionally, as uh, they have their bodies have begun to break down and and different things of that, they've lost loved ones. You know, maybe they're in that situation where they're now the the oldest one in their family, and all their brothers and sisters, their mothers and fathers, and all have passed away, and so they are very much anticipating uh, the return of the Lord or anticipating going home. Yeah. So I, that Second Corinthians five, uh, for in this tent we groan, being burdened. Um, you know, th- that's something that that an older congregation understands well. And even so, I find it very difficult to provoke a, a healthy longing, like Paul says, you know, he's torn between the two. He'd rather depart and be with Christ for that is far better. A healthy longing because perhaps, and I don't know, I, I mean, I really don't know, correlation and causation are not the same. And, and I really struggle to understand why. Um, I, I just see a correlation between, you know, us in America and our I mean, we've got a lot of stuff to hold on to. Yeah. We, we have it fairly well. And so this, you know, earth has become the new heaven. Hmm. Um, and and so uh, we have a lot of people that are petrified of Jesus coming back or maybe may going to see him. You know? Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a guy that didn't want me to leave the hospital. I mean, he was like, no, no. I, you know, and so, and, and, I mean, he was there for weeks and didn't want he wanted somebody by his side the whole time. And I understand that, you know, we were not created to die. I understand that for in the garden, but, um, there still is that we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens, you know? And so he, he goes, we would rather be absent from the body and, and at home with the Lord is that second Corinthians five. 
Anyways, I just, I really want to have this longing for, for heaven, longing for glory, longing for Christ's return and an understanding why we're here. It's a day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it and get some work done. See, I, that's the thing that I think uh, a lot of the folks on this side of the tracks uh, may struggle with more so than the hope. Uh, it's the, the here and the now. Uh, you know, it's so to it's, live as Christ is the problem, not to die as gain. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think by and large, these folks here look forward to the, to die as Christ's gain. You know, uh, I'm sure there are some that don't, but I'd say a good percentage do. It's the living for Christ that they struggle with. If that makes sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. I, and, and I don't think it's a monolith. I don't think that just everybody has the same feeling on the, on the subject, but as we as we get into Advent, I think it really is important that we think about these things. No, that's good. I like it. Um, so for for the listener, um, we welcome you in. I hope that you had a wonderful time of worship. I hope you, in, you know, just really enjoyed uh, Thanksgiving, whatever that looked like for you, uh, whether that was family or friends or uh, whatever it is that you observed and, and enjoyed. I hope that you were able to do that. Uh, we certainly did. It was a little different for us, and I know, Gavin, I know it ended up being a little different for you, but... Uh, you know, sometimes we uh, uh, we get thrown a curveball that's unavoidable. But for today, if you have your Bibles, we invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And it seems like we uh, began this podcast uh, very early on talking about faith. And I feel like we, we talked about this verse uh, during that, that first week of podcasts. Uh, but we want to talk about hope since we are in the Advent season. And... Uh, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and then I'm going to ask Gavin to read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to uh, just come together, to read your word, uh, to have the hope uh, that we have, that we look forward to. Um, and so, Father, thank you for your love and grace. Thank you that we do have this hope, and thank you for this treasure that we have in these earthen vessels. We love you, Father, and praise you, and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now, faith is the substance or the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Yeah, that is so good. I, I love this passage. It's an encouragement, but it's also a reminder and gives us an opportunity to kind of look at how we define the term hope, who is hope and why do we have a reason? Yes. And I, I just think we go right down through the words and, and discuss them a little bit. So now faith, that is uh, the Greek word pistis there, there now faith that's trust belief in something current is the assurance of things hoped for. In this case, hope is future anchored to the past with a present reality. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. it's 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 things that we're hoping for in the future. And it's not, a, oh, please, please, please. But it's it's it, it's a set of things that in Christ we have been guaranteed. They're 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 truths, their beliefs, there are our faith is placed in Christ. We have a hope now of all the promises, the person work, the assurances, the inheritance, all in the future, but it's guaranteed in Christ. All their the promises of God find their amen in Christ Jesus. So we have a present reality of faith anchored uh, in the past. So we got we, we look back at the scriptures. We look back at the work of God. We, we see him as faithful and, and trustworthy and true. So our hope won't be put to shame. 
because it's anchored in the past with the present reality looking into the future. Correct me if I'm wrong here. This is a, this is a, a passive, which means that it's something being done in us, correct? Uh, I'll take your word for it, sure. Yeah, I think that's the way that works. I think the passive is what's done in us. <clears throat> and so the hope is it's not just something we have. It's something that's given to us. It's being done in us. And so this is a hope, as you said, it's anchored in the past, but it's also a future hope. And so it's a present passive participle is what it is. It's a plural. Sure. But, but, but I, I, I mean, I think, I think it's kind of what you do at the communion table, the Lord's Supper, right? You, you look back, we remember his death. It's a present proclamation right. towards a future reality until he comes. I mean, it's it's anchored in the past with the present reality looking to the future. I think that's exactly where we find this verse, and so uh, we're not, it's not blind faith, it's not um, it's not a faith blowing in the wind, it's not a faith without anchor. Uh, we, we have a faith that is anchored again. I, I know I'm just repeating myself now, but anchored in the past. When you look back at the past and you see the person and work of God, you see, you know, I, I don't remember exactly the numbers, but it's like 330 specific direct prophecies of the Messiah in the Old Testament. And then you have 400 years of intertestamental period. And you keep in mind, how old is the United States of America? Not 400 years. And when the United States of America began, they did not only not have Facebook and TikTok, they didn't have cars, they had wooden teeth and wore wigs, right? That's how different we were in the small time that the United States has been in existence, 1776. If we take that as our marker, you know, we, we can argue about those times, but let's just take 1776. George Washington was on a horse, right? So you have, let's go back to the Bible, you have the... 330 direct references to the Messiah, including Micah 5, 2, where he would be born. Bethlehem, the house of bread, right? Mm -hmm. And so so much so that that Herod sends his asks his wise men and scribes, where will the Messiah be born when the Magi from the east come? And he sends them, he sends them to Bethlehem, right? Because that's where he'll be born and that's where you can find him. So that's how reliable it was. So you have all these prophecies. This is the only the only religious book in the history of the world that has this. Prophecies. 400 years, and then them fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's the anchor that we have. That's where we place, it's not blind trust. It's not a, a faith that's just blowing in the wind. And, you know, th th that's when you have uh, like Muhammad coming on the scene in 600 AD with no anchor whatsoever, just saying, believe me, kind of sort of uh, alluding to the Old Testament as, you know, we're people of the book, but no, I mean, blowing in the wind. Uh, I mean, all the cults that start do not have that hope, do not have that faith, do not have that anchor. Well, and one thing that always strikes me is is how diverse uh, culture is from Scripture. So, for example, uh, every year uh, a lot of people, the first of the year or the end of, of the year, they, they make these, they set these goals, right? And so they hope this year will be the year. Uh, or when they get that new job, they hope this job will be uh, the one that, that propels them into, you know, uh, f economic stability. When we enter into a new relationship, we hope that this person will be the one. Well, all of those hopes are a wish. What we're really saying is we wish this year would be the year. We wish this job would be the job that gives us economic stability. We wish this relationship would be the one that lasts. That is not the way the Bible is using hope here. Right. And so you mentioned uh, Bethlehem. Um, and so that 
that that name means house of bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And so we have these 300 and some prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. So the hope that we have is not a wish. The hope that we have that this scripture talks about is a reasonable expectation because Jesus is who he said he was, that he will do what he said he would do because he, he is doing that already. Yeah, I, I try to keep things simple in my mind. So let me see if this keeps it simple enough. Hope the way we often use it is, as you said, wishful thinking. You know, ooh, I hope I get, you know, pizza tonight for dinner, whatever. Doesn't I am, matter. by the way. You, I'm sorry? I am. Nice. Yeah. It's its own food group. I mean, that's just my, that's my love language. Pizza. Yeah. I can relate. That's good. All right. Uh, there was a time when, man, it was just month after month, all I wanted. It, probably for six months straight, every meal. And I didn't do it, but every meal, all I wanted was pizza. Mm. So back to the, back to the point. Yeah. But hope. Um, in Christ, when up from the grave he arose, right, mm. with a mighty triumph over his foes. Amen. Um, that was the yes and amen, right? Um, so he was the son of, uh, uh, what is it? He was of the seed of David according to the flesh, but declared to be the son of God with power according to his resurrection from the dead. Yeah. So that was the satisfactory substitute for our sins, declared worthy when he rose up from the grave, declared to be who he said he was, so suddenly our hope goes in Christ. In Christ, our hope goes from wishful thinking. So hope the way that we kind of understand it is wishful thinking. In Christ, our hope is a reality. Yes. That it's it's just a future expectation that has been guaranteed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection from the dead. So it is not a wishful thinking anymore. It is a and this is the this is really in Old Testament and New Testament literature, it's a waiting. What's guaranteed? Yeah. But now we hope for it. We wait for it. Um, and we even long for it and groan for it are some of the words that are used. Yeah, so his blood didn't just pay for our past. It paved for our future. Guaranteed. Yes. Guaranteed. It's already paid. Done. It is finished. I've heard that before. I, it I read that somewhere. It is finished. Yes, praise God. To tell us die, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, what a beautiful hope we have. It's not a hope as in wish, like you said. It is, it is an assurance. I love that. And what a beautiful assurance we have in Jesus. Yeah, so, so, so faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So again, it's the present reality of faith looking forward to those things that have been guaranteed by yes. Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, this is probably a good place to put a pin in it. I think this is all the time we have for today. Uh, what a powerful reminder of the assurance and, and the reason for our hope. I uh, hope that you will continue to open your Bible and come back and join us uh, again tomorrow as we open our Bibles tomorrow and we continue the discussion of hope. Until then, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. God bless. 